Welcome to the No Small Churches podcast. I'm your host, Ephraim Wilkoff. We exist to elevate preaching from faithful leaders serving the local church. At No Small Churches, we believe that when measured in kingdom value, there are no small churches. Today's message is from Reverend Catherine Callahan Howell. She's an elder in the Free Methodist Church and a co-chair of the Free Methodist Justice Network a group whose mission is to extol and deepen the Free Methodist Church's historic commitment to oppose oppression and restore God's wholeness to those who have been disenfranchised both in society and within the church. Pastor Catherine has been instrumental in my education and, for lack of a better term, radicalization in these areas of social justice and reclaiming the Free Methodist heritage of radical inclusion and activism on behalf of the marginalized. And you'll hear more about Pastor Catherine's heart for that in today's message. Pastor Catherine serves as lead pastor to Winton Community Free Methodist Church in Cincinnati, Ohio, and she will be the first to tell you she identifies more with Kentucky than she does Ohio, which is fine because as someone from Cleveland, I can tell you we consider Cincinnati to be Northern Kentucky anyways. She describes Winton Community FMC as an urban church, diverse and predominantly African-American. She feels a strength of her church is that they confront justice issues well. And someday she dreams that more people will be involved in promoting justice and real diversity. You may be sensing a theme of a calling on Pastor Catherine's life, and I, for one, am so thankful for her influence and ministry. On hard days, the things that keep her going are God's vision and ongoing support. Pastor Catherine has entitled today's message, Zeal, preaching from John 2, 13 through 22, and I'll be reading from the Common English Bible Translation. Let us prepare our hearts to hear from the Word of God and to hear from Pastor Catherine. John 2, 13 through 22. It was nearly time for the Jewish Passover, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. He found in the temple those who were selling cattle, sheep, and doves, as well as those involved in exchanging currency sitting there. He made a whip from ropes and chased them all out of the temple, including the cattle and the sheep. He scattered the coins and overturned the tables of those who exchanged currency. He said to the dove sellers, Get these things out of here! Don't make my father's house a place of business. His disciples remembered that it is written, Passion for your house consumes me. Then the Jewish leaders asked him, By what authority are you doing these things? What miraculous sign will you show us? Jesus answered, Destroy this temple, and in three days I'll raise it up. The Jewish leaders replied, It took 46 years to build this temple, and you will raise it up in three days? But the temple Jesus was talking about was his body. After he was raised from the dead, his disciples remembered what he had said, and they believed the scripture and the word that Jesus had spoken. The word of the Lord.
I want you to think this morning about what cause you care enough about to take action. What gets you off your couch? What gets you out of the house to protest, to work, to do something to change the world? I think back to when our children were little and we stood on the chain to life to protest abortion and to promote adoption as an alternative. I think of years before, 20 years before Black Lives Matter was a rallying cry, we had a tragedy in our city with Timothy Thomas, who was shot and killed by police, and our family went downtown to a prayer march and participated in that. I think of when uh, Trayvon Martin's killer was acquitted, and there was a protest downtown, and I had the privilege of being one of the pastors who spoke at that event. I think of the time that uh, Samuel DuBose was needing justice for, for his murder, and Roger and I walked around the courthouse with a group of people uh, praying and hoping that justice would be done in his case. When the children were being separated at the border, I went down to Washington Park for a protest in that cause. And Roger and I returned to Washington Park last summer during the Black Lives Matter protests to participate again in a prayer gathering for that. Today is the anniversary, they, they always do it on a Sunday, of Selma when the march across the bridge happened so long ago, over 50 years now. And so that is a great symbol of the civil rights movement and of all the protests that were part of that. If we care enough about something, then we will act. And in this passage today, we find Jesus upset enough to take some pretty extreme action. It's interesting that today, many churches now have bookstores in their buildings, and they will offer Bibles and Christian music. It's very convenient to come to church, and while you're there, you know, some people don't have time during the week to uh, frequent a bookstore, and they can get their new Bible they needed, or a new Bible devotional, or their favorite Christian artist just put out a new CD, and it's, it's very convenient for them to do that. And we find that in the temple, they also had seen it as convenient to move the things being sold into the temple. And so in this particular passage, it's Passover time. And at Passover, there were sacrifices that had to be made. There were sacrifices on a regular basis, but especially at Passover, all the Jews would be busy doing that and they would come from other nations. And so here in the temple, there were cattle, there were sheep, and there were doves. And part of this is about what they could afford. If you'll remember when Jesus was dedicated, it's very clear that his family used doves instead of a cow because that would have designated their financial position. They couldn't afford something more expensive. And so we have these different animals that people could purchase on Passover, Everyone tried to have a lamb or go in with their friends. You know, that was part of Passover was specifically to have a lamb. But these animals were used for sacrifices. And then there were money changers. And this is because people would come from other nations and they needed to turn their money into the correct local currency for the temple tax. There was actually a special coin just for the temple. And they would have to have that. So they would come with their money from, you know, Rome and farther east and farther west and different places, and they would have that money from their local place that they would have to exchange. So they had made it very convenient. They had brought that right into the temple. And so Jesus comes into the temple that day, 
and he hears the sound of bleeding and mooing and all these animals making all the kind of noises they would make. You know, a bookstore in the hallway is going to be pretty quiet compared to this. And then I can imagine the smell of animals, right? Animals smell, they do. And, you know, it's something you deal with if you own a farm, but it's in the temple. The, the smell of their droppings, the smell of just animal smell, all of that would have been there. And then you would have heard people haggling, right? Because you would have had sellers trying to say, you know, buy my sheep, buy my cattle, buy my doves. And then people arguing over the prices of things and how much money you're going to exchange for that coin you need for the temple tax and what it's going to cost and people trying to take advantage of one another. So he walks into all of this and he decides to fix it. And it says that he fashioned a whip out of cords. So I can just imagine his determined expression with all this chaos, this cacophony of sounds, this mixing of smells. He's steadily creating these cords into a whip. And then he takes action. It had to look a little crazy, right? He takes the whip, drives the animals out of the temple onto the streets. He turns over the tables and the money just goes everywhere. We're not talking paper money here. We're talking metal coins spewing all over the, all over the floor of the temple. And then the doves. He tells the doves to get out. And I think we have to notice the care in which he does all of this because he doesn't whip people. So no one is injured. No humans are hurt. He uses the whip really just to herd the animals. That's a common thing you do with animals, you know, to encourage them to leave. He doesn't destroy anything because the people can go find their cows and sheep. It might have been a little bit of a challenge. You can imagine them fighting over that. You know, that's my sheep. No, it's, no, it's mine. And the coins in the ground would have been crazy, right? People would have been trying to figure out which ones were theirs. But the doves, if he had released the doves, they would have just been gone, right? They would not have been something you could go out in the street and get back. So he tells the dove sellers, take those out of here. Stop making my father's house this crazy chaos. He wants it to be a place of prayer. They are desecrating his father's house. So in really a very peaceful way, despite a very forceful way, long before we talk about nonviolent protests, Jesus takes action and his disciples remembered later, zeal for my father's house will consume him. The father's house is what he calls this place. The father's house. If you'll remember when he was just 12, he went on another Passover to Jerusalem with his family. And when they left to go home in a big crowd, you know, it would have been just kind of like their whole village walking home together, and everyone assumed he was there, and he wasn't. And they figured it out. They walked back to town. They looked for him for three days. So by the time they found him, it had been probably more than three days. And when they find him, he's just sitting in the temple, talking to the teachers, asking them questions, surprising them with his wisdom. And his parents were understandably upset. As a parent, I would have been upset. Where have you been all this time? How dare you scare your mother like that? And Jesus looked at them with surprise and said, well, didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? Like to his mind, it would have been the first place to look. Like, what were you thinking? He called it my father's house. 
And it's not really a designation that we learn in the Old Testament. It's not something it's called. The, the Psalm says, zeal for your house will consume me. It doesn't designate it as his father's house. And so here he is calling it that because he feels this ownership and this responsibility and this concern that a place that was meant to be a place of prayer has been turned into this chaos and into a market, that money has interceded in worship. And that's a real problem. It's a real problem because that is not what God intended. Now, they did need these animals and they needed these tables. And there was a place separate from the temple. There was a normal street in the city right by the temple where they could have that, where they could sell their wares because these were needed necessities for temple worship. They didn't need to be in the house. They didn't need to be inside. And that's what he was upset about. He was upset about that because he wanted this place to be holy and to be set apart. The word sanctuary, which is what we use for the space in the church we worship, means a sacred space. It means a place that's set apart. There's a wonderful story that Bishop Snyder told us once that he was traveling in one of the countries he oversaw somewhere in Asia, and he went to the home of one of our Free Methodist uh, friends there. And this man had built his own house, and he included a sanctuary in his house so he could have worship in his house. And if you said to me, you know, come and see my sanctuary, you know, I'm used to sanctuaries that have symbols, they have colored windows, they have crosses, they have all kinds of that. And so he invited Bishop Snyder into the sanctuary. And they walked into a room, and the only thing in the room were chairs, and on the chairs were Bibles and hymnals. So songbooks, Bibles, and chairs. There were no adornments on the walls. But when the man walked into the space, he went silent. He didn't talk. And they walked in, they looked around, and they walked out without speaking. Because that was sacred space to him. He had set apart a place in his home. It was simple, it was plain, but it was the place he worshiped God with his family. And so they had all the things they needed. They had chairs to sit on, they had Bibles, they had hymnals. They didn't need anything else. But it was so special that when he walked into that space, he was silent until he left again. That is what Jesus expected. Not that temple is always silent, but set apart space. And he had a certain enthusiasm for that. And he cared about it so much that he thought it was really important to preserve that. I want us to think about that this morning. What do we care enough about to take action? Now, not everybody does protest. That's fine. You might never do that. But there are many ways that we can protest, that we can push back, that we can straighten out injustice. There are people who work in different fields to bring change. But even as everyday citizens, it matters what we buy. It matters what we don't buy, right? We protest by not buying things that negatively impact the world, like products of child slavery. Those are things we can not buy that matter to the world, that change the situation. We can call or contact our legislators when there's important bills that we care about. That's something very simple that we can do that our zeal can accomplish. We can speak up. I think this is maybe the most important thing we can do in our own personal relationships is speak up when someone says something racist or sexist or unkind to someone else instead of just letting it slide and letting that go and letting that stand 
to say, you know what, I'm not comfortable with that. I, I don't know if you meant that the way it sounded, but it's really not a very kind way to express yourself. To be able to stand up to others, to use what we care about to impact the world around us, it can take a lot of different forms. So I want you to think about that this morning. As we're coming to the Lord's table, I want you to think about what that would look like. When Jesus had done all this, when he had cleaned out the temple, they were so upset with him, understandably so. The priests had allowed this. So who was Jesus to come along and change the system? And they said to him, by what authority do you have? And he, he said something back to them that they were totally confused by. He said, destroy this temple and I will raise it again in three days. And they're thinking, this temple, this is Herod's temple. It took 46 years to build. There's no way you can build it in three days. That's impossible. He didn't mean that. He meant his body, the temple of his body. And so later, looking backwards at it, the disciples figured out that's what he was talking about. And this becomes a part of the story of what happens in the Passion narrative. So Jesus spoke his authority, and we might think, well, you know, who am I? Who am I to change the world? But you can make a difference in your own sphere. You can make a difference, and it only works if we all help. So think about that this morning as you come to the Lord's table and as you take of the elements. Ask yourself, what do I care enough about to engage in? What can my zeal accomplish? How can I make a difference? What do I care enough about to take a stand? So consider that as you pray today. Thank you, Pastor Catherine, for that great message and encouragement. You gave us a lot to ponder and ask ourselves what we care enough about to act on. Before we end each episode, we always take a minute to pray for the teaching pastor and their church. Pastor Catherine asked that we pray that more people would catch the vision and join in to see justice brought to her community. So let us join her in that prayer. God, we thank you for the fire and the passion and uh, the joy in the work that you have put in Pastor Catherine Callahan Howell's life. We thank you for the influence and the leadership that she is bringing to the Free Methodist Church for, through the Free Methodist Justice Network. And we ask that more would join in the march, that more would join her church in Cincinnati, that people would see that vision and realize that they may have benefited from unjust systems and come in and carry the load and join in to serve everyone that is made in your image, which is every single person that we will ever meet. God, help us to be true image bearers of your son and to reflect your goodness and your justice and your mercy and your grace in the world. God, we thank you that we can, even while we are apart, even when we've maybe never met one another, we can gather through this podcast and join in prayer and feel the presence of your Holy Spirit as we pray together and ask that your kingdom come and your will be done in all of our communities as it is in heaven. We love you and we worship you with the way that we live our lives every day. In Jesus' name, amen.
If you would like to support the ministry of Pastor Catherine and Winton Community FMC in Cincinnati, Ohio, you can go to paypal.com and then use the email wcfmcchurchcincy at gmail.com. Again, that's wcfmcchurchcincy at gmail.com. And I'll put that in the show notes as well because that's a long email address. They're currently raising funds to continue the programming they've begun with children in their city. And uh, we would love to be able to support them in that. You can stay connected with Pastor Catherine by following her on Twitter at kcallahanh. I'll put that in the show notes as well. Or by following the Free Methodist Justice Network on Facebook. Thank you for listening to the No Small Churches podcast. We pray you were encouraged and empowered to follow Jesus today. You can stay connected with us here at the podcast by following us on Twitter at No Small Churches or by following me, Ephraim Wilkoff, at Wilkoff E. That's W-I-L-K-O-F-F-E. If you enjoyed today's podcast, consider sharing us with a friend or leaving a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. And now, hear this Lenten benediction. May the God of grace and glory go with you as you follow this Lenten path, wherever it takes you and to whomever it takes you. May you go with the blessing of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, both now and forever. Amen.